Welcome to Spirit Body, a podcast about bodies, spirituality, mental health, and how they all connect together. I'm your host, Lauren Donaldson, a therapist, astrologer, and an intuitive healer. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Let's start by taking a couple breaths together. Just tuning in for a brief moment. And when you're ready, taking a slow breath in and a complete breath out. Let's take one more together in and out. And say hello to yourself. Hi, self. Today, I'm going to be talking about spirituality and eating disorders. Some of the content is about eating disorders and disordered eating. So let this serve as a content warning. If you're not in a place to hear about eating disorders or disordered eating, this episode might not be for you. I will never mention any specific numbers or behaviors, but I am going to be going into that topic a little bit into this episode. So I want to start with just this idea that spirituality cannot bypass the body. And that's really the core of this podcast. If you have a terrible relationship with your body, there is a lot in the way of having a spiritual practice. And there's definitely a lot in the way of connecting with your intuition. So if you want to be more intuitive, one of the most important aspects of that, in my opinion, is to work on your relationship with your body. Being intuitive and psychic means you have a very close, intimate relationship with your body. Like being intuitive requires meditation and meditation is a lot easier if you are comfortable being with your body, alone with your body for extended periods of time. And disordered eating is inherently disconnecting. Restricting what you eat is self-harm. It's a very dangerous form of self-harm. Eating disorders have the highest fatality rates of all mental disorders. And in my opinion, as an eating disorder therapist, the only form of non-disordered eating is one where you listen to your body and respond to its cues. And of course, like, that's not easy. I'm not trying to pretend like that's a simple concept. I mean, if anyone knows how not simple it is, it's me. It's very complicated in practice. But disordered eating is literally using the force of your will to override what your body is saying. And if you do that over and over again for years, of course, you would become increasingly disconnected from your body. I facilitated yoga therapy at an eating disorder clinic for a couple of years, and it was the least popular therapy group (laughs) at the clinic. And I don't think that's because I'm a bad yoga teacher. I actually think I'm a quite good yoga teacher, (laughs) but people with disordered eating or eating disorders hate being in their bodies. Generally speaking, it's extremely difficult and it's uncomfortable. And I can totally relate to that. Like my path was a little different because I was a yoga teacher and, you know, my eating disorder was very wrapped up in that. 
but I essentially used yoga to bypass my body, which is very different than the yoga therapy that I taught at the clinic, which was a very embodied and very connected to the body practice. I used the practice in the beginning and, you know, frankly, well into, well into my practice to disconnect and to bypass my body and my needs in those years that I was practicing seven days a week and teaching 20 classes and leading teacher trainings, I was absolutely not connected to myself. And my theory, which is sort of taken or inspired by internal family systems, is that these types of spiritual environments where there's a lot of bypassing, we do access the self the capital S self through meditation or asana or kundalini or whatever the practice is. And that feels really good. It feels so good to be in that self energy, which is that curious, compassionate, creative energy. And that's the part that we get addicted to, but we bypass all the hurt and pain and we never get to doing the actual healing work because we're just in search of that feeling that bypasses all of the discomfort and pain that we're feeling. And I'm not saying that yoga isn't healing on its own. Obviously it has that capacity and I believe in it very much, but my experience is that mainstream yoga is not always a supportive healing environment. In fact, I would go as far to say it generally supports disconnection from the body. It supports showing up every day when your body needs rest or even just like variety in movement. It supports restrictive eating. It celebrates weight loss. Mainstream yoga is really only accessible for one type of body. And a lot of communities make zero space for what comes up for people when they practice. There's no education around what to do. And I not and would never suggest that yoga teachers take on the role of therapist. Absolutely not. But I think it's important to acknowledge the power of these environments and how ill-equipped they are to handle anything that comes up. And all this to say, like when I was deep in the yoga world, I, number one, had an eating disorder. Number two was very disconnected from my body. And number three was not intuitive or at least didn't feel intuitive. And I think I'm naturally an intuitive person. So of course my intuition would break through all these barriers sometimes. And I did have random moments of intuition or instant knowing, but those were few and far between. And it was absolutely not like a reliable skill or tool that I could like go to and utilize. And I don't know if this needs to be said, but just to be super clear, if you have an eating disorder or feel connected, disconnected from your body, it is not your fault. I personally think it is a miracle that not everyone in this culture has a severe eating disorder. Eating disorders make so much sense given the world that we live in. It takes a lot of support and work to extract oneself from diet culture It's hard for me, and I talk about this stuff all day, every day. So I just share all this as like insights from both my experience and education because 
I really believe that we're all intuitive, powerful witches. And one of the ways to get back to that natural state that really scares the patriarchy so much is to heal your relationship with your body. Diet culture is a really oppressive force. It's an agent of white supremacy. It's designed to keep mostly women, but it obviously extends beyond to all genders to keep people small and occupied and distracted. And when we take away that distraction and put that energy into literally anything else, like, wow, <laughs> so powerful. Fighting your body is so much energy. Imagine what you could do with that energy if you just directed it in another way, but it's not your fault. Healing is really hard and not everyone has access to that kind of support. And that's really shitty. That's a really shitty reality. I recently watched The Way Down, which is a documentary on HBO about Gwen Shamblin. She's a religious leader, was, and she also created a weight loss program. And I love a good cold documentary. So of course I watched it and y'all like, it was triggering. <laughs> like, I'm okay. Like I know enough tools to bring myself back to, you know, what I value and what's important to me. But I think what was the most disturbing about how was how much I saw myself in her followers. Like 10, 12 years ago, I was a spiritual person trying to connect with God in any way that I could. I was, of course, dieting. And I just thought I was doing the right things. Like I thought it was morally right to be always trying to be thin and healthy like our culture has connected those ideas. So of course, that's what I would think. And I felt a sense of moral superiority for my quote unquote willpower to restrict and lose weight. Now I know that's called over-controlled temperament. <laughs> and I know for sure without a doubt that if I had come across this lady at 20 years old, I would have been the first person to sign up for one of her diet workshops. And I think it's so enticing to a spiritual person, this idea to like lean on God to take weight off. It just makes me sad and a little scared at how easily these narcissists prey on people's vulnerabilities. So as I'm watching this documentary, there's one part of me, you know, the part of me that is more dominant now that's like, how could you not see this as a cult? I mean, it's still going on today. But then I think back on some of the yoga schools I was involved in and like, there's a lot of similarities. And I think spiritual communities are really tricky places. I think joining any spiritual community is pretty vulnerable. Like just the act of joining and showing up there is vulnerable. You're essentially saying, I'm here because I want you to tell me what to do, or I need your help in some way with my spirituality. And obviously I'm lumping yoga 
studios, yoga communities into that because yoga is a spiritual practice. As much as our cultures tried to extract that out of it, it is inherently a spiritual practice. That's literally what it is. And by believing in something spiritual or being open to spirituality, you suspend rationality. Like that's part of having faith in something is like letting that rationality step to the side. And if there's a leader who is a narcissist or has narcissistic tendencies, comes in and teaches something, like even if your red flags are there, you're told to bypass that because you know, the leader is all knowing, they know more than you, and you're here to get guidance from them. And anyone who is spiritually open is vulnerable to this. And it makes sense to be scared. Like in my experience, narcissists are attracted to religious and spiritual communities because they're full of vulnerable people. People are bringing their pain and their hurt and their big questions about life to these communities. And so of course, someone that like would get off on that would want to be involved and not only involved, but be a leader. I'm, I'm going to be doing an episode on narcissism in a few weeks um, with an expert. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited about it. Anyway, if you've had an experience like this, it makes sense. Like I was saying in the last episode that a part of you would want to remain shut off to trying things like meditation or opening yourself up to psychic or intuitive experiences. It's just so incredibly important to be discerning about who we follow and learn from. And I'm, I'm saying this to myself as I'm saying that to you listening. Um, recently, a really well-known yoga teacher was called out for some messed up things that she had said and done over the years, all in the realm of spiritual bypassing. And just in case you don't know what that is, spiritual bypassing, it's basically using spiritual explanations to avoid or dismiss emotionally or psychologically difficult issues. That's what Wikipedia says is the definition. And I like that. It's what uneducated or uninformed people do in spiritual communities when they bump up against people's trauma. So instead of saying, hey, I'm sorry, I actually don't know how to support you in your depression. Maybe you should see a professional. You're told to come to yoga more or pray it away or hand it over to God or everything happens for a reason. And let me just say that I believe spirituality can be a resource in mental health. I think anyone listening knows that because this podcast is about spirit and bodies and mental health. But if spiritual tools are the only tools you're given, it's not enough. Like if someone is in an abusive relationship, they don't need to be told to give it over to God. They need a plan and resources and money. We need more than spirituality to support our mental and emotional health. We need more than therapy. We need healthcare and childcare, money and loan forgiveness. Like all these systemic pieces contribute to mental wellness. Anyway, this teacher was called out. She's basically the white yoga teacher archetype, like to a T. Someone I absolutely would have followed or taken class in, classes from, honestly, like even a few years ago. In fact, I actually have one of her books. <laughs> this person is really beautiful, 
by, you know, cultural standards, she's thin, well-spoken, and she weaves a lot of spiritual concepts into her work. She's basically what I used to want to be or become. So that's the image that we're presented with, this idealized image, this privileged image. And then obviously now I have this other perspective. So I hear about this and I go to her account and I see that she's selling essential oils, one of the big essential oil MLM companies. And I'm just like, guys, y'all, we have to stop following these people. We have to stop trusting their insights. MLMs are extremely harmful and can cause a lot of emotional, psychological, and financial damage. Like they prey on women's, specifically women's vulnerabilities. And again, if you're listening to this and you're involved in one or you have been, it's not your fault. You know whose fault it is? The large corporations who get in there and tug at women's pain and make us feel like they have a solution to that pain. So my guess, I guess my thesis of this episode is just, let us all be discerning about who we follow. And I'm, I'm right here with you. I want to, you know, do some cleansing of my feed or even some adding to my feed of who I'm following and, and what insights I'm taking in every day. And just looking at what people are saying, looking at the companies that they're involved with, noticing if they're constantly skirting around big issues. Richard Rohr says that how you do anything is how you do everything. So if someone that you like is involved in an MLM, that's not a good person to take advice from or be inspired by. And also, the other you know, thesis of this episode is that spirituality is a tool. It's one tool. It's a very powerful tool. And there are a lot of aspects of spirituality that can be very healing and transformative. I would definitely not be where I am in my recovery or just development as a person without my spiritual practice, but I also have other resources. It's a both and not an either or. I think spirituality can and should exist with all other resources. And I I also think I want to take this opportunity to apologize for any harm that I did between 2012 and 2016 when I was teaching yoga. That was a really hard time for me. I was doing the best I could. I was deep in an eating disorder, surrounded by a lot of narcissistic personalities, very disconnected from myself. And I'm sure I engaged in some spiritual bypassing and that's not okay. The impact of that is not okay. And I'm sorry, I really am. I'm really sorry for any harm that I may have caused. And if I owe you a more personal apology, please reach out to me. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at spiritbodycommunity. Um, and yeah, let, let's, let's make time for that conversation because yeah, it's not okay. That's really not even, even if you do something out of when, you know, you're in a painful place, your, your impact is not, it's not okay. So yeah. Thank you all for listening. 
I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. Again, you know where to find me at Spirit Body Community on Instagram or my website, laurentonelson.com. Thanks and see you next time. Bye.